Welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob, and sitting across from me tonight with bespeckled eyes and nice curly locks is my good friend Marty. How are we doing tonight, Marty? Needing a haircut, apparently, man. Oh, I I need one, too, if you haven't noticed. I got my Krusty the Clown thing going on. (laughs) It's getting a little long. It is getting towards Halloween, you know. Maybe I'll dress up like Krusty the Clown. It's true, true, true. That would be great when I'm just walking around. No, that'd be creepy that'd be as fuck. Awesome. <laughs> I hate this long hair. I got cut it. I was going to cut it last night, but I got distracted with like lawn care stuff. Uh, yeah, lame. Yeah. I find it hilarious that you consider that long hair. It, it is long is hair, dude. But I suppose for as long as you've been bald, you could say it. You, know, you could say it. Well, bald. You've been cutting it all down, man, for years. I know. So what? Not by choice. It all wasn't by choice. So how was your week? But it has been long. It's been really long. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, man, it, it's regular full-size week. I, you know, we just got off a holiday week last week, which was long, short week, and this one is just a plain long, long week, apparently. <laughs> but you know, Like hopefully. three Mondays in a row? Oh, yeah, dude. It's, yeah, Jesus. But it, it, I mean, it hasn't been super horrible. Like I said, went to Shang-Chi, finally got to see that a week and a half late. But No spoilers. I no, no, man, I never do that because it pisses me off. But yeah, no, uh, that was that was good. That was pretty much the highlight so far. The week <laughs> work hasn't been it. So, but no, man, it's it's been a long week. But my week's been we interesting. Like, yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say already. It's like Alzheimer's just kicking in already, right. dude. <laughs> it's so interesting. I For fucking forgot. overwhelmed and, and yeah. everything shut down. So last week we were talking about the Rockefellers and Bilderbergers. This week we're going to go into some other stuff that kind of has their fingers in their pies or the fingers in the pot, as you want to call it. I think we're going to we're going to make this into a three-part, I think, because there's a lot of stuff I yeah. couldn't get down because I don't want to overwhelm the people with like right, a right, two-hour right. episode. <laughs> right. So what do you got? Yeah, it, it really boils down to like last show and this one is, is pretty much the makings of New World Order type of stuff. Yeah, this uh, isn't going to be as depressing as the other one, I don't think. No, probably not. Probably not. But no, I, I actually kind of really looked into the Priory of Scion. Priory of Scion. Yeah. I thought you said Friary. Like no, Friary. no, no. They no, make no, chicken no. or some shit there. <laughs> Come down, get your chicken. Captain Spaulding's hanging out there in the <laughs> Friary of Scion. Ah, God bless Sid Hag, poor bastard. He was, he was taken from us. But yeah, no, uh, actually looking in this, it's something I've heard off and on and i've never really looked too much into it uh the biggest is is known that it's you know oh it was somehow connected with the grail also tied in with templars and things like that but when you start really looking into it uh this order was actually established in france in like 1956 what yeah by by a guy named pierre plantard now, he was trying to create a neo-chivalry fraternity order to, to hang out and, and be glorious and, and esoteric and, and thinkers. And, so, but, new, uh, so basically he was trying to rebuild the Illuminati, is what well, it kind of sounds like. It, it was, I, I think it was more selfish than that when he started. It, oh, it's, it's like that gardener thing you did, like the Wicca thing, where it's like you had to be sky clad and just naked right, all the time. Right. And that was just a guy who's just like looking at naked women. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, th- this guy, I think at, at first, the whole idea with him was to get himself into those circles of monarchy and wealth and power in Europe and, and particularly France. Because uh, by the 60s, 
he started claiming that they were actually the latest front for a secret society that was started in 1099 by Sir Godfrey of Bullion at the Mount Zion down in Jerusalem. What is now Jerusalem? Was that, was that beef bullion or chi- chicken? Right, bullion? that's exactly what I, thought. I was like. Mm, a seasoning, a savior, but yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, in his delusions of grandeur, if you will, he had actually started asserting that he was the great monarch prophesized by Nostradamus, but also a secret involved with a secret uh, Merovingian. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, bloodline. Now, anybody who doesn't know, uh, the Merovingians were a group of knights and power holders back in, like, they they came to power in about 450, and it pretty much reigned through about seven-something. So, about three years. If anybody's also, like, if you watch movies nowadays, the Merovingian name will sound very familiar if you watched any of the Matrix movies, because he's one of the main characters. His name is Merovingian. And it's no uh, coincidence, I don't think, that they did that. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they basically took control over France and a lot of that area ended up conquering all of Gaul and they, they were a religious order, but they also, one of their rules was they, their knights and leadership kept their hair long when most people in that area at the time kept it short. And in fact, it was such a big deal to them that if somebody did cut their hair, like they chose to cut their hair short, they were stripped of their power. They were no longer going to be in charge because you're not one of us anymore. Basically, is how it worked out. It's like some really, oh yeah, bad hippies. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, I mean they they they. I, I'm serious because with the long hair, that's first oh, thing yeah. that popped in my head. It's like they're like really aggressive hippies. Yeah, and and that was kind of what they became known as. Not hippies, but the long haired knights is, yeah. is what they became known as. And they were feared. I mean, they were they were tough, but they they basically, I think around six hundred, I think it was, they actually fully turned most of uh, the Germanic area, Gaul, all of that under a Christian rule. They they and they were very strict <laughs> with their their Christian rule. But around seven sixty, close to eight hundred. The, their bloodline was basically wiped out. They lost power. Others had taken control. I believe at that point the Roman Catholic Empire had started moving up and went, mm, your Christianity is not quite like ours and you need to go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. There, there's... But it's okay now. Isn't like, Catholics more strict about certain things, I'm assuming? Now, yes. yes. Uh, now there's a lot more rules, I think, that have come into play over a thousand years of them adding bylaws to, yeah. to what they're... they're religion constitutes excuse me but yeah he had uh made claims that that he was part of that secret bloodline that was still going to take the the uh throne of france Mm -hmm. and put other people in charge from that bloodline in charge of every country in europe is some of what he had done uh to his amusement in the early 80s, late 70s, is when the idea that uh, uh, Christ was being intertwined with his stuff, that, that it was like, ah, uh, he's also, which is, uh, what the word I'm thinking of? Uh, the intertwined, basically, yeah, like the, the, the grail and the bloodline of Jesus into his backstory, too. Because at this point, there had been people that actually found 
these clues that had been he, he said existed for the the history of his bloodline and that in even like major libraries in France and other parts of Europe. So they're like, oh shit, okay, well there is a history tying back to this. But there was a, a couple that wrote a book in 1982. I think and I have that book. I think I know probably do. I the probably Holy do. Blood and the Holy Grail. Yep, I got that yep. book somewhere. And, and <laughs> They took their really ones that really kind of incorporated into the mainstream of this idea that they were basically an offshoot. That basically the Templars and the Prior of Sion started at the same time. They were different branches. Uh, the, the Prior of Sion was actually in charge of uh, pulling strings and keeping control of the Grail bloodline. And the others were basically the the fighting arm the Templars were to defend what they needed. Now, some of their ideas with the Grail isn't necessarily the actual... Like most people, when they, they hear the Grail, they think the literal Grail, which was the, the cup that Jesus drank out of at the Last Supper before, you know, he was crucified. But they actually extrapolated to say that the Grail itself symbolizes Mary Magdalene's womb, and in turn... All our his bloodline, yeah. which they also infer that... And I believe that was also in some of the books of the Bible that were not allowed in the Bible. Because yeah. anybody who doesn't know, there are a pile of books that were written for the Bible. And it's like the whole, like, like from when Jesus was born right. to Promonius adult. All them books aren't in there that talk yeah. about him as a kid. And, and a lot of that, I know a lot of people have speculated it's because it shows... Jesus in a more human side, the human side of his his uh, persona, yeah. who he is, and the church didn't want that. They want him seen as the savior, yeah. and they don't want to see. They want to see him as a deity yeah. and not a human. They you want know, to see and, him and as above human to, to uh, fall for the the vices of humanity, like laying with a woman, which you know they infer that yeah he had actually married Mary Magdalene. And they obviously they're married. They would have had kids, and that the and Grail, Mary Magdalene was a woman of ill repute right, anyway. That that he had you know saved, if you will, yeah. to bring over to the light side. But yeah, they they uh, infer that it would be the members of his bloodline that they are protecting and keeping hidden and secret because the idea is that the Roman Catholic Church does not want an usurper to the throne of the Pope. If you have someone who's a direct bloodline to Jesus, who do you think has, has priority on the seat of the, the head of the church? Which is, you know, one of the theories that they've posited out there. Uh, there there's also a theory that back in, say, 1300s, 1200s, somewhere in there, that the Roman Catholic Church actually went after the Templars and the Priory of Sion, which is why they have completely gone into hiding because they wanted to get rid of them and make sure that they could not be in a position to bring someone into power. To well, take my question is, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Right. You would not think, you would think any religious order that believes in Jesus Christ right. as our Savior would want that to be who you would have at the head of your society. That's who you would want there. But right. That tells you, that shows me that. That's really kind of corrupt because you're like, it oh, is, wait, man. he has he's it the rightful is. heir to the throne, let's say. But we're going to kill all his family and then kill him. Like, right, right. We don't want anyone to know. 
But there again, you've got to look at that time period, especially. The Roman Catholic Church was a conquering force, man. They were coming in, and they were far more political, I would say, than theological. Really, how they did. I mean, crusades, everything. It was not about promoting Christianity. It was going in and taking shit they wanted. Oh, they've got a bunch of treasure down there. Come on, good folks, people who believe in God. Let's go get some heathens and transfer them. Oh yeah, pick up all the shiny shit you can find. <laughs> Bring it back to us. We'll, we'll we'll give it to God. Yeah, you know we're gonna purify it and then use it. <laughs> but I digress. But yeah, no, it's uh, now the Roman Catholic has a lot of history of. We're not just bashing Roman shit. Catholic. No, we're this not, is this man. is stuff in their this past. Is, it's is public history. knowledge. There's nothing but me and Marty all of a sudden dug up that's going to be really mind-blowing i mean i I don't have anything like that i I wish i did i could probably make a ton of money off of it but uh a lot of the ideas from that book holy bird and holy grail hold on one second folks joys of dogs (laughs) indeed yeah ours was going so you're saying about holy blood holy grail holy blood uh, whatever yeah holy blood and holy grail Uh, a lot of the the speculations that they put forward now they they posted that as a non-fiction, but a speculative non-fiction to, to cover their ass, you know, and, and you need to because you could get sued. But a lot of that was extrapolated and taken by Dan Brown when he did Da Vinci Code. A yep. lot of his stuff yep. was right out of there. And I think a lot of that has also it's kind pushed of, it it's, into the mainstream. It's into mainstream because I was trying to think while you're talking about Mary Magdalene and her right. bloodline. I swear to God, I've seen a movie. Oh, there's there's lots of them. I can't think. I, I, I know I've seen a couple of them, but I can't yep. think of a name of one. Actually, one did really good in the theaters. I thought. Right. I I, I, I honestly, my my favorite one about any movie about the the Scion bloodline is probably uh, Kevin Smith's Dogma. Man. It is one of the best <laughs> religious films, honestly. How uh, did I know you were going to go Kevin Smith? Right. I mean, Silent for all Bob. of its, its dick and poop jokes, it, it is a really good religious film, even though the Christian Coalition like freaked out on it mm-hmm. because well, Disney was producing it at the time. See, but Disney... I, okay, okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent here at Disney. Right, right, right. Okay, anybody who's old enough, I'm 50 years old. Right. And anybody out there who ever seen The Legend of Boggy, Boggy Creek oh, by yeah, Disney... Right. That movie was rated G. Yeah. It was rated G, and there was swearing and violence with gun violence in it. Yeah, oh, that was yeah, a man. G-rated movie back in the day. I was say, it was like, what, 72 or something that came out? Yeah, but it still, there's like, 70. you see violence, people getting ripped apart. This right. is a Disney movie, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, part, part of the Disney history they want you to forget. Yep. A lot of the great films of my childhood were, were Disney films they want you not to love. Like, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, a Disney movie, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Uh, no, uh, going back to... Uh, uh, what was his name? Pierre Plantard. Uh, in the 80s, a lot of people started actually digging into some of his disputes of what he was saying. And most of it has actually been found to be an elaborate hoax that he had started back in 56. Yeah. The... Uh, all of the works of, of history and scion that he had they'd found in these libraries. He actually was working with another guy who was very good at creating medieval forgeries. Oh, Jesus. And, and had, they had put together these, these pamphlets, if you will, of scrolls, and then snuck them into these libraries to be found to help claim his... his uh, or not dispute his claim to this uh, bloodline. 
That's that's out of the box thinking there, folks. Right. And, and that's like that's really good shyster moves. Oh yeah. Well, the guy <laughs> continually did this, even when the eighties went when they they said that you know all, all this shit is fake. He starts switching his story up again. He's like, well, I wasn't actually trying to bring someone up. See, I, I, I'm not actually a messiah. I was trying to, you know, find people and enlighten them to this other way of thinking. And yeah, to the, to the end, the guy was like trying to swindle his way into social circles. And I applaud him for it, man. I mean, it's he tried his best. Oh, yeah. And I think he started something that I think got way out of his control as soon as other people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's really yeah, cool. Well, they yeah, start... I- Check it out own. like this is oh, bullshit. Yeah, yeah they, they start making their own extrapolations on his ideas, piecing other things together. Now, the the problem I have with this is the same reason why in the real world I don't dig too much into conspiracy theories. As When I was younger, I did. Because you start running into this rabbit hole of issues of like, okay, well, that was all faked. But... Are they saying it was faked to cover up the fact that it's real? And there are a bunch of people still worldwide That's... that truly believe that the Prior of Scion is still going under different names. Yeah, but also and too, are like still with, trying to bring in that bloodline with Mary Magdalene and that too. There's like actually just one church, like in Europe. Oh yeah, there's just one church that that is who they worship, Mary Magdalene, yes. because she has she gave yeah she had the offspring of Jesus. Yep. And there's only one church, and it's like, I can't. Yeah. I, I didn't go down that road. You I, did. I want to say it's in, I think it actually is in France. France. There's a lot of this actually is, even like a, a tomb that he had used as a sign of this is where one of our guys had come in and done this. I mean, it was found to be bullshit. But there again, like I said, you get into that chasing your, your tail of, okay, well, is this misinformation to cover the misinformation to then cover up what this is? And, and that's where I would start getting headaches when I would younger and really got into conspiracy theory stuff because there there is no way to nowadays it's just called really, a stroke mark right well <laughs> well nowadays it's just called the news but yeah <laughs> but yeah no there, there's even at like i said after it was debunked and discredited there are thousands of people that are still finding little pieces of stuff that they are connecting to this uh, there are still a bunch of them that say, hey, we've gotten insider info from people that are still in the Priory that this is what they're doing. They're still trying to pull the strings of this and trying to bring the the bloodline into, not not Jesus's, but the, uh, why can I never remember the name of that? The, Merovig, the Merovingians. Merovingians. Uh, bloodline, they still exist and they are trying to put them in power through Europe and potentially across the world. And... It, like I said, it, it's one of those, it's been mentioned so much, even just in pop culture in the last 20 years, that it, it does get really hard to decipher, you know, fact from bullshit. A lot of the times they do that, too, just to desensitize you. Oh, yeah. Dude. It's just like, oh, God, another one that saved from Dan Brown books. But Right, right. You get so and, much, it gets so twisted in that sometimes. Yep. You're like, oh, Dan Brown can't put it. No, he got it from somewhere else that came before him. Well, even, I think uh, I think it was in Inferno, the second book he did. They, they, they changed some of the assassins and some of that stuff. But the original story he was going from was the Templar Priory Scion fight with the Catholic Church. And the assassins were actually from the church trying to kill them off. And that's kind of 
like I said, when they did the book, they cut things down, skimmed things out. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's just part of the writing process, be it books, movies, what have you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, it, it's you, you run into that that circle argument of, okay, well, they discredit it. Well, are those scholars, you know, on the take? They know what's going on, so that's why they're doing that to discredit it. I, I just don't know. I it's, mean, a, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful rabbit hole. We're going to be digging right. more into it. As and and, and <laughs> the beauty of like conspiracy theories, I think we mentioned it last time too, is that there there's enough tangible realness to it and, and enough mystery that does drag you in. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, maybe. And everything just seems well, like I have if? that one little kernel of truth. That right. like, but am I going to find that ultimate kernel of yep. truth where it's just like that proves everything? And it's like, well, some of this seems a little, <clears throat> little shitty, but these other pieces all fit together right, so there's got to be something I, this I know exactly what you're oh, saying because yeah. I do that all the time. Know, like I said, we've talked <laughs> conspiracy stuff for decades, decades at this point. Like literal fucking decades at this point. But yeah, no, I mean, like and, and now these nice family members of ours get to listen to our babbling and like right. rob that guy's crazy we're not listening to this click yep, <laughs> well since marty took over europe i'm going to take over america are you done uh, are you done marty sorry yeah i know okay well i'm going to bring it back to america here and i'm going to talk about ever wonderful jade helm what is jade helm marty Besides something you wear in your head. That looks it, like green. it is the, the magic hat I use when I'm uh, thinking and doing artistic things. <laughs> you, you use under that, the influence, apparently. You use that one instead of the tinfoil one, right? Right, right. That's what I'm trying to keep them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, Jade Helm is a military, or is or was a military exercise that took place during July 15th through September 15th of 2015. The exercise, which involved 1,200 personnel for four Four of the five branches of the U.S. military, which I looked into, and that's bullshit. All, they're all involved. I don't know why they just said four or five every branch was involved, except right. for the Coast Guard. Except for Space Force, because they weren't there yet. Yeah, that's it. The month-long training exercise was designed to train soldiers in the skills needed to operate in overseas combat environments, including maneuvering through civilian populations. I have a big fucking oh. issue with that, because I call bullshit. Because when I was in the Army, I was stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, which right. is now the JRTC Joint Readiness Training Center. Yep. And they own acres upon acres of land. And back in there, if you go back in there far enough in land, they have actually a Vietnam village for when they were fighting in Vietnam. Oh, shit, really? They had it set up. I mean, it was exactly, they had the huts and everything. You'd see they're all dilapidated now, but you could right. say, this was a hut, this was a hut. And I'm like, why would you go out into the civilian population if you don't want to know, if you don't want them to know what's going on? Right. You would just do it on the military base where no one sees you, except yeah. for other military people. Yeah. yeah, only people authorized are going to be around it. Yeah, that's why I call. I'm like, I don't think huh. that doesn't quite make sense to me. The branch of the military that were involved in Jade Helm were the Army Green Berets, the Snake Eaters, right. some Navy SEALs, Air Force Special Operation Troops, and as well as the Conventional Army. There goes sheet number one. So, so mostly the the baddest of the badasses, and then here's our other guys. Yeah, th- this is guys you're gonna shoot the, the cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah. Although the initial request stated officially officially listed the elements of Marsoc. Now, Marsoc is the Marines. Yep. Which was, okay, Marsoc is no longer around. Marsoc was renamed the Marine Raider Regiment in honor of the Marine Raiders of World War II. They were some badass motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I respect all military, 
but Marines, man, they yeah, their their training is fucking ridiculous. They, I've got a few friends that were Marines, and some of the stuff that they got stuck doing, I was like, man, I would have washed out, man. I I wouldn't have barely made. And that's it just the what army. they all go through. Yeah, and that's the basic. Because I have two Marine. good buddies, uh, Jason and Steve. They're oh, yeah. both Marines. I can remember when they first came back from their basic training and oh, their, yeah. about their AIT. They were awesome when they left. They were cool dudes. Come back, complete fucking assholes. Oh yeah, yeah. but now they're, they're again. cool again. Right, <laughs> they right. mellowed out. Yeah, they, they get some of the training. But like they always say, them Marines are always Marine, and I oh. totally believe that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It, it gets hammered into them. Yep, that's just how it is. So basically, the Marine expedition. There's also the Marine expeditions, expeditionary units, another badass group. Yep, and 82nd. Airborne Division, where some troops went, were acting as the occupying force and some as a resistant force. Here's the locations of the operations were most most of the time were held in sparsely populated regions near small towns. Map of the exercise included areas such as Colorado and California, where no actual operations were planned. Huh. So, I have a list. I'm going to tell Weird. you. I'm going to give you a list of all the towns right. and see if you can tell me what state they're from. But operations did take places in these cities. Bastrop, Smithville, Big Spring, Cattle Lake, Caldwell, Cristobal, College Station, Dell City, El Dorado, Golad, Junction, Leakey, Menard, Mountain Home, San Angelino, San Antonio, and Victoria. What state do you think they're in? They're all in the same state? Yeah. Really? I, I was going to say, with some of them sound very Colorado-y. Uh... But I said one name that should have popped right in your bank. Well, I know. The other one it would be Texas. Yeah. But there are a few of them that sound like the same kind of shit Colorado does. No, all Silver these, spring goats. All what? these took okay. place in Texas. Really? And I went down the Bigfoot road. You know, maybe they're hunting right, Bigfoot. Right. But in Big Spring, they had a Bigfoot report. Cattle Lake, Bigfoot report. Cristobal actually had a Bigfoot report. Then you got San Antonio and Victoria both had Bigfoot reports. Huh. But that that they weren't hunting Bigfoot. I wish they were. They probably would have got them. Been pretty sweet. Or maybe they did. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Journalists were not allowed to be embedded in the operation, but the Texas State Guard, which is, you ever heard of them? Yeah. They're like totally separate, from, but they're funded by the government. Yep. But they're like civilians. If I read the article right on Wikipedia. Yeah. And the civilian group, Counter Jade Helm, monitored the exercise. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, so interesting. Yeah, because I the Texas, the Texas Guard, State Guard, is separate from the Army and the National Guard. Yep. It's just like people that get trained, but they're actually straight up just pure civilians. And right. they're like, hey, it's like the Lone Ra- like uh, yeah, the, the, the Rangers, Rangers, Texas Rangers. Yep. That's what they're pretty much like. I yeah. that's why I made the assumption of that's what it came off to me as. That. But like everybody says with Jade Helm, there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. That went there. We're going to list a few of them. I'm going to start. But the main conspiracy theory came from was this. The start of the conspiracy started with the release of a map with four colors. Red for hostile, blue for permissive, brown uncertain but leaning toward hostile, and light blue leaning friendly. And here's what happened. The red states are Texas and Utah and the very tip of California. Blue states. Nevada, California, Colorado. Brown states were New Mexico, and the light blue state was Arizona. So that's where the first people got pissed off, because they're like, oh, how come they're saying Texas is hostile? Huh. 
Yeah, because I remember that map when it first came out. That was the whole start of the conspiracy. Yeah. Like, they're going to go in and take all their guns. And this is what <sighs> other theories. That's, I'm going to get all on this. I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> the recently closed, basically it was like, number one thing, the recently closed Walmarts in the area were going to be used to hold dissidents and house other house invading Chinese armies. Now, that whole thing came about was because of the color of the helmet. It was called Operation Jade Helm. Right. Jade is a big thing in China. Yeah. And that's where it's like, oh, the Chinese army is going to invade. There's also a secret plot for to invoke martial law, invade Texas, and institute total population control. Good luck, fuckers, invading right. Texas. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's like sh- ten times more guns than people. Yeah. And they, start, they know how to shoot when they're five years old. But... But that also does lend credence as to why they would be a primary training target. Because you know that's probably going to be your toughest next to, like, say, Oregon, where it's also a lot of... Yeah, Oregon has kind of a problem, too. I have, I yeah. have, I have friends that are from Oregon, and it's like it's just a hippie state. It's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, but there is a lot of militant groups in Oregon. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Some people was this. Uh, told that told the population people believe that it was a training exercise for the future comet or asteroid impact earth and the basically uh, impact of the earth and the right. elite were practicing how they would call the herd yeah yeah, yeah. they would do that that'd be a dick move on their parts so oh, yeah, really I'm sure that those plans are written out somewhere oh yeah Jade Helm is a dress rehearsal for martial law yeah yeah now, now when did that happen this uh, in 2015 yeah six years ago Okay. Jade Helm, with the help of FEMA, is doing a practice run for martial law and how to efficiently set up POW camps similar to the ones from World War II. And a lot of people don't, they don't teach you that in school, even when I went to school. Uh, yeah. yeah. We find when I graduated in 89, yep. they never told us about, a lot of people don't know this, but yeah. maybe if you're listening to this, you do. America did have POW camps yeah. in, on American soil. Yeah, we had a lot of internment camps. Yeah, I can tell you exactly how many we had. At the end of World War II, there was 175 branch camps serving 511 area camps containing over 425,000 people, mostly German. There was 371,683 Germans, 50,273 Italians, 3,915 Japanese. Yep. Now, I I actually... I, I had heard something about that. But where I actually learned from it was, because uh, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I mean, everybody knows that. But I actually had uh, George Takai, who played Sulu, Japanese-American, uh, from the original Star Trek. He was actually in one of those internment camps. Center knew that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until I was reading through his biography, and he was talking about, yeah, that's kind of a dark secret America has tried to kind of keep under wraps that we were doing the same damn. I mean, we See, weren't... I, I, I have to say, South we Dakota weren't did, experimenting on people, like no Nazi, but we did take American citizens simply because of their race, their their, their, their background, genealogy. ethnicity. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that we've kind of tried to keep quiet. We just, like, but that never happened. You know, just push aside. We were just trying to keep them safe from, and that was their excuse too. We were keeping them safe from the rest of the population that may attack them because they're German or Japanese. It's like. No, you you were you were keeping them there to cover your ass in case they were. See, I wish top it would secret spot. That's what I wish they would teach in school because they never taught. I'm serious. They oh, never yeah. mentioned anything about no. American POW camps no. on American soil when I was even in school in history class or nope. anything. No, nope, it was never mentioned. Like I said, I 
came across it. I didn't come across it until I was like 15 years ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I'd come across things on it. And like I said, reading his book, he went into more in depth of his time being stuck there too. And I was like, oh shit, that's, that's absolutely crazy that we did that. Yeah, yeah, and there's also oh another uh, author I like. He's a fictional author, but Larry Korea he had, oh, yeah. he does a mention of it too in yep. one of his like where they're fighting a some type of monster in Las Vegas. Yeah. Also, if you like good monster and gunfight movies, yeah. read read Larry Korea. Yeah, He's an right. awesome author. Yeah, He's Larry really Korea's good. Fast paced action. But yeah, that that uh, some some of that theory on there actually ties in with. And I'm guessing they're connected with some of the, the FEMA oh, stuff. Oh, I got connection down here going, I'm buddy. Sure. You just wait. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very similar to the same ideas with some of the FEMA conspiracies. Yes, FEMA I didn't hit on because we're going to have to hit on that next week because there's a lot right. of shit to deal with them. Basically, another thing is Jade Helm where it was, in fact, a psychological test to see how fast people would get used to seeing military people in the street and become used to them. As a presence, basically, right. You get so used to him, you get desensitized. Oh yeah, which makes sense because there was a few videos I did see where basically it shows them like they're all in camo and they had like their Humvees and yep. there's a couple of APCs, track vehicles, and they're like around a bank and they're playing fighting that there's somebody trying to take over the bank to get the yep. money. Yeah, and after a while, people did just kind of ignore it. Yeah, they did. They just like. Eh. So I was asking the time because I remember. When President Obama first came in, there was a rise in paranoia that they were going to start taking away guns, and there was people that started stockpiling bullets because they there were rumors they were going to raise the price and they were going to try to take over. That's happening today. Law. You can't find it some. Is. You can't find some ammo today. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was wondering if that was some some of those ideas of that came from that. But that was a few years after. You know, I mean, I, I suppose some of those feelings were still there. But yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. But I think I figured out what Jade Helm was actually about. I think I figured it out because all the focus on Jade Helm activity in Texas was just a smokescreen. For the real Jade Helm took place and only made a small blip in the news cycle. The real Jade Helm took place in Nebraska. Oh shit! Right next door, really? Yeah. <laughs> now, why do you think why Nebraska? I'm asking you that. Why do you think it happened in Nebraska? Jesus, man, I have no idea. I mean, I, First thing you got to remember, I have no idea. Okay, we have to remember, like I mentioned last episode, these elites that are in power that we're talking about, like the Rockefellers, the Bilderberger groups, right, right. whatever prior to Scion, they're into the long game, not years, but yep. generational. And also, Nebraska is home to the U.S. Stratcom. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's home to the United in the U.S. Strategic Command. And I'm going to read right from their website what it says on their website. And it might kind of freak you out a little bit. It did me. <laughs> the U.S. Strat is located at Offutt Air Force Base near Omaha, Nebraska. U.S. Strategic Command is U.S. Uh, United States Strategic Command is one of the 11 unified commands in the Department of Defense. Admiral Charles Chaz A. Richard is is in command of the U.S. Stratcom and serves as a senior commander of the Unified Military Forces from all four branches of the military assigned to the command. The U.S. Stratcom commander is leader, steward, and advocate of the nation's strategic capabilities. U.S. Stratcom integrates and coordinates the necessary command and control capabilities to provide support with the most accurate and timely information for the president, the secretary of defense, and other national leadership and combat commanders. The mission of the U.S. Stratcom is to deter 
is to deter strategic attack and employ forces as directed to guarantee the security of our nation and our allies. The command enables joint force operations and is a combat command responsible for, for strategic deterrence, nuclear operations, nuclear command control, the communication enterprise operation, joint electromagnetic spectrum operations, global strike, missile defense, analyze entirety, and missile threat assessment. U.S. STRATCON combines the synergy of the U.S. legacy nuclear command and control mission with responsibility for global strike and global missile defense. This dynamic command gives national leadership a unified resource for greater understanding of specific threats around the world and the means to respond to those threats rapidly. The Global Operations Center, or GOC, is a nerve center for U.S. STRATCOM. The GOC is responsible for the global situational awareness of the commander U.S. STRATCOM and the mechanism by which he exercises operational command and control of the nation's global strategic forces. Basically, that's the A1 number fucking cheese right there, man. Why don't we hear more about these dudes, man? What the hell? Mm-hmm. That place is scary. There's also some other thing in Omaha. I couldn't, I can't remember. It's like one of the main missiles, like nuclear attacks. That's yep. where Omaha is getting blasted because yep. it's basically it's probably the U.S. Stratcom is what they're talking about. Right. Yeah, because I didn't say the only thing I could really think of off the top of my head. I know they do have some missile sites, kind of like we did on. The west side of the state, some of those areas mm-hmm. in the middle of the country, strategically also, put there because they're harder to shoot. The reason I say Jade Helm actually took place in Nebraska is and it's still this. Some of the most circulated pictures of military vehicles on trains came out of Nebraska. Oh. And I have to, I have to say, been in the military, We, when I was in Louisiana, we actually put all our five tons in tracks. We held them all the way to California on a train. Yeah. We loaded them up. But... Why would you haul Because they actually show pictures of Humvees upon Humvees in, in Nebraska, going through Omaha and kind of stopping. They would probably just say, oh, we can put them in an underground bunker there. They probably got, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. yeah they got a no, big-ass garage. So here's another question yeah, I got. No for, different than NORAD in Colorado. Yeah, it's, so here, here's a question for you, Manny. So why is Nebraska so important? Let, I'll, 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 I'll ask you a couple questions here. So let's have, let me ask you this question. What is the, what is the big news item in the lamestream media today besides the virus? What are the big things? These uh, I don't know. I've, I've been trying to avoid them all. <laughs> One, you have huge out of control fires, right? Larger and more violent hurricanes, increase in earth earthquake activity, and drought. Them are the four main yeah. things besides the virus. Basically, it's all climate issues. Here's the neat thing about Nebraska is that centrally located in America, fertile farmland. So that'd be a place to set up shop, right. you know. What is the but what is the most important thing that you need to survive during any disaster without if you don't have power or anything? What is the most important thing you need to survive? That water is yeah. You need water. Besides the US Stratcom calling Nebraska home, the state of Nebraska sits on top of the Ogallala Aquifer. The Ogallala Aquifer is one of the world's largest aquifers. It covers approximately 174,000 square miles in portions of eight states, which are South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. But the majority of the aquifer is right underneath Nebraska. Right. So I say strategically, like I mentioned before, they put a lot of the missiles and everything back in the 70s and 80s in the middle of the country. 
one because there aren't as many people here if they do get hit mm-hmm. to be killed. I mean that's a, that's a straight up fact. I mean that's just how it is. And two, it's also a lot harder to get your missiles all the way to the center of our country before they get shot down, especially yep. with the technology of the eighties. And that's why they threw them out here. Oh, dude, that's kind but of if you're gonna up. set up shop as an elite. Group. Oh yeah, man. Because I remember back like maybe eight years ago or ten years ago, there's a big thing in Texas. They were saying that their aquifer, which is part of the Ogallala Aquifer, yeah, yeah. and there's people just buying. They're wondering, why is these Chinese companies buying up yes. huge tracts of land? Well, there's huge tracts of land with those hundreds of thousands of acres right, right on top of that aquifer because they wanted the water. They wanted the water yep. rights because you have water, you can control anything. And, and I know, I remember that too. And at the time, I was like, oh, they're, they're going to try to hit oil down there and get that. Nope. No, man, they're buying oil cheap from other places. That, they, they're not worried about getting oil. They've got plenty of supplies for that. I mean, yeah, dude, water. The water, because I remember it was like the mention of like the future water wars. I'm like, water is better than gold if you need to survive. Oh, yeah. If you're in that kind of mode where things are that bad, that is your new bartering system because it i think that may actually happen is. because if you look at the long game these guys are playing they're pushing right. climate control climate control right, right, climate right. is going to shit climate's going to shit they're they're basically there is some theory out there that says these elites have to go follow a karmic rule right. they have to tell you what they're they're doing planning on doing right. without actually telling you what they're planning on yep. doing so if you look at it they're telling us hey we're going to take all this water. There's not a fucking thing you can do about it, but we're telling you, but you don't know that we're telling you. We're yeah. just telling you that the world's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the horrible things you've done to this planet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, dude. That's kind of nuts. Because, I mean, you, you think about it, even, like, just in this country, the biggest issue we have for danger in the center of the U.S. is probably uh, the Yosemite fault line or living in a trailer park with the tornado right right but i mean worst case scenario you're playing the odds pretty good that you could set up shop here in the middle of the country and not be bothered even if the the outskirts west and east coast get decimated by whatever it may be yeah because it could be like a really simple because international waters is like 12 miles yeah it's not very far it's a lot closer than what i thought it was yeah it's like 8 to 12 miles somewhere in that range of it I think if I remember off of right, our coastline. Yeah. yeah, of our coastline. And well, if you know, I'd hope this never happens. I'm right. just putting this out there. If someone was just to set off a nuclear bomb, a little briefcase size one, eight miles offshore, and it's on the east coast. Yep. Bye bye, New York. You have no fucking oh, yeah. power. Yeah. Like I said, if if somebody figures, we do out, not promote any of this stuff. This no. is all speculative, just no, so people just... know that we are listening. Especially but, yeah, you, no, DARPA. Uh, right. We're on to your shit. We love you. But, yeah, no, uh, it, like, like I said, one thing, even, and this is something even experts have been bitching about in this country for many years at this point, is is our power infrastructure is garbage. I was actually, conf- I, I agree with you. I've heard plenty of people talk yeah, about that. If you listen, for a couple I can't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry, folks. But if you go to Coast to Coast AM, they have, yep. they have this guy on there like three or four times. He's an awesome book. He actually wrote One Second After. Yo, yeah. Which is a very good book, and I lost my copy. And that's, uh, this book is so brutally realistic oh, yeah. because of the situations the characters put in, and yeah, it would happen rough. like it was actually the real world. If yeah. you get a chance, read the book one second after. Yeah, it's you won't be able to put it down. 
It, it's a tearjerker. It makes you angry, but it, it's so realistic. It almost hits you like a sledgehammer. Yeah. But either way, this guy, like, I was kind of confused when Biden says, yo, we're going to work on the infrastructure. He wasn't fucking talking about the power. Oh, no. He was talking about the gravy train of yo, yeah, whatever yeah, he's yeah. working on. They, they had a few, you have this massive budget, and literally like a fraction of a quarter of a quarter is for fixing roads and bridges. Everything else is pumping money into the money-giving system, which just blew my mind. But no, no, literally like, Somebody doesn't even have to have a full nuke. All you have to do is be EMP capable in a couple of right places, and most of our power grid is gone. I mean, that's just a straight-up fact. That's how it is. Because everything it's so is so shitty and old. It's it's also very, very interconnected. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, certain nodes. We're not promoting any of this stuff, people. We've just thought about this, and we talked about air right. because we knew this topic was going to come up during this inter- yep. episode. But. There's ways you can do it, like you said, without nuclear. You can do it with just straight up batteries if you yeah. had enough. Yeah, it's and just it's, that's how fragile our, our energy system is. We love the United States. I'm just I got to reiterate this a bunch yeah. of times. We are not terrorists. No, and if we don't promote any of the ideas we're talking about, we're, we're saying it as a warning that a more speculative people, a speculative thing that could possibly right. happen. More more people should be worried about that. I'm not yes. saying you know can't sleep tonight, but it's something you should be like. Um, why aren't we working on this more? I mean, it's we've had many scientists of our own government that have said, this is a very precarious position this thing is, and it will not take much to, to tip shut us over. down chunks of this country. Oh, yeah. And like I've always said... You can have a guy like Sonic. Sonic did it in the movie. Come on, he's just right, a hedgehog. Right. But yeah, I mean, at, at this point, everything is interconnected through even just online. Mm-hmm. Knock one satellite out. And half of this country shuts down. People will go nuts. I, I, I see how pissed I get sometimes when a movie's not buffering up fast enough for me. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and sometimes it's, a lot of the people are, like a lot of the government saying, it's, you don't have to worry about us doing our human nature to destroy each other, which is very common. Mm-hmm. It's our celestial body that gives us the sun. The sun is the biggest worry oh, one they're yeah. worried about because of the yeah. Carrington event. Oh, and, God, yeah. And they're like, that's going to happen again. Yeah. It's just when, because we missed one like in 2014. Yep. We yeah, were like, we were ahead long. of it or behind it. I couldn't remember. It just yep. missed us by about 12 hours. Yeah, it, which is, big picture, pretty small. Yeah. That's a very small sliver of a window. But yeah, no, one, one big nasty solar flare can knock out. And you know, it's like in the news, they were talking about how the sun's at the solar minimum. You don't hear any talk about the sun anymore. Oh, yeah. That kind of piques my interest. I'm like... What's the sun doing? Because for the longest time, for like last year, before the all the election, that's yeah, everything else going on. That was the biggest thing about talking sun. Oh, it's in a solar minimum, solar maximum. Yep. You always heard about it. Now you don't hear anything yep. about it. Oh yeah, and that kind of creeps me out because that's our life giver right there. Without that, oh, yeah, and it's our life giver and our life taker. Right. Well, I said I always go back to that old uh, Twilight Zone episode. Where, where the two ladies are in the apartment and something happened where the Earth's got knocked off its axis and it's getting hotter and hotter because they're, they're getting closer to the sun. Well, the whole twist of the thing is you find out the main chick is actually sick and has a fever, but it's actually gone the other way because they're actually going farther away. But yeah, it doesn't take much for the sun to mess us up. It no. really doesn't. Because I think it was like an Outer Limits program too. I had, um, who's the guy from Family Ties? Michael Grossman? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in an episode yep. where basically it was winter at where they're at, 
and all of a sudden they say it's like bitterly cold out and all of a sudden they're like prepare for flash floods come where there yeah. is and like he's like what well the whole one side of the planet got hit by a flare and it melted all the snow and there's yep. flash floods and destroyed everything yeah it just creates chaos for everything man. yeah but yeah no the 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 power that comes off of those solar and they're like i said there are a lot of them that come in and hit us but aren't strong enough but we do have no fear we are we monitoring when those things blow off because there are plenty of them that blow off thankfully it's in a different direction than us yeah so we're not getting hit by these and hopefully it's not like the knowing now would that really attack like the knowing the movie oh with yeah, Nicolas Cage, yeah. our favorite yep, actor yep, yep. besides sorry bruce campbell you're, yeah, you're yeah, solid yeah, too yeah. man hell yeah yeah no but, but back to the right <laughs> back to the new world order stuff they know what they know they're the uh, you'd think they're not monitoring this stuff oh yeah and they're actually telling us they know what's going to happen because they're like they know what's coming next and they're right. just like telling us but not telling us yeah it, it's the the sleight of hand and and you know verbal bullshittery where mm-hmm. you know yeah it's semantics of of how you're saying it to to be like man we told you well kind of you know yeah. but you wrapped it in a riddle and bullshit so yeah. how are we supposed to know and locked it in a box with no key and right. in the middle of a dark room right no but i've like there's also like fema's big thing like you got the council of foreign affairs and you got so many other groups that everybody hates then you got like what's that ellis island not ellis island uh hyde uh, island jekyll island that you ever heard of that I'm not sure if I have. We'll get into that next week because okay. we're gonna so, go. We're gonna go Montauk, deep. Montauk, I know, but yeah, Montauk. <laughs> That's a totally different idea, right? But I want somebody to like. By the time this episode airs, if you don't think that the new world order has more advanced technology than us, I want you guys to look at a new TV program that's coming out on Fox called Alter Ego. It's a singing program, but it's called Alter Ego. I want you guys to check this out. It's a live action. And when you see this, you will understand, the light will go off in your head. When I first saw that, I'm like, holy shit. No, they have this, this technology up. that's actually just letting, have you seen it? No. You're going to have to check it out when we get up, when we get done recording here. But I want everybody that listens to our voice to go check out this and think outside the box. I'm like, if we are allowed access as the populace to have this technology, what do you think the elites and the New World Order has up its sleeve? Wow. And this gets back to, like, Project Bluebeam, which will be an old episode by itself. Right. But check out Alter Ego. I'm not, we have no affiliation with Fox or no. anything, but I'm just saying it blew my mind when I actually got thinking about it because my brain is geared differently, as, right, as right, my friends right. would say. <laughs> right. That's putting it nicely, but yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I have not uh, seen that at all. I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, really, but I'll have to check it out. I do occasionally when I'm just, like, not on my phone. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Which I get yelled at quite a bit for. Why are you on your phone? It's for the episode. Stop talking. (laughs) Leave me be. But also, I got one other thing to say. What, you got anything else? No, we'll close this episode Uh, off. No, man, we got... Plenty of other stuff for another episode. Yeah, we're gonna... There's gonna be a part three, and we're gonna go, like, talk more about the FEMA, the CFR... And, oh, also, if you get a chance, read the book, Behold a Pale Horse. Uh, I yeah. had a copy. It's like I've had several copies that yeah, disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's a great book, man. Yeah. It really is. The uh, guy, the author has a really strange history, too. We may touch upon him a little bit, too, yeah. in the next episode. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a damn cool book. Oh, yeah. 
that deals with like the priory of scion yep. and all that stuff it digs into that so yeah it gets pretty wild yeah it's, it's i always promote i'm sorry folks i always promote reading reading is right. one thing cannot be taken away from you that's why i said go read a book go read a book i told them all of my kids that my kids hate it I no I'm, I'm sure yeah my, my kids were not big readers either I mean, they, they will. If it's something really interesting, they get into it. But it's it. like the old saying, go, knowledge is power. Even if it's right. infantile or trivial knowledge, it's still. Yeah, oh yeah. I've won Jeopardy like four times. <laughs> yeah. The wife's like, how do you know this random shit? I, I I've read know. it in a book somewhere. But yeah, no. But I forget absolutely. what I had to go to the grocery store for. <laughs> yeah, no, I do the same shit. Walk into the room and be like, what the fuck was I doing over here? But you know, the atomic weight of. Yeah. Cobalt. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, no, reading, I, and we've mentioned it a few times on here before, that we're both reading, big readers. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it's it's fundamental. I mean, it just yeah. has to be done. There, There's countless sci-fi books and shows and everything else that have shown you what can happen when you have a society that quits reading. Yeah. I mean... Or this wonderful movie called Idiocracy. I was That's just going to say. Idiocracy is like a documentary. I don't even <laughs> it, think it's it really fictional is. anymore. It's a fucking it, documentary. When it came out, anybody who doesn't know, this is a film by Mike Judge. It followed up after Office Space and kind of came out to little to no fanfare at all. I didn't even see it probably It has a cult following. Now. Oh, yeah, it's massive. But uh, I didn't even see it for like two years after it came out. Somebody was telling me about it. I'm like, I didn't even hear about this. But the basic premise is a dude ends up going into the future to, to Let's find get right, out. a very dumb dude. Oh, yeah, he's he's incredibly stupid. Goes into a future to find that everyone has basically been reality TV'd, and everyone is fucking dumb as shit. And, <laughs> and he's, he's the, smartest. the smartest human on the planet. And at the time, like, even my me and my sister have talked about it. At the time, we're like, oh, man, that's fucking hilarious. And the farther along, along we go through life's timeline, like, the oh, less shit. funny it becomes. It's, it's just a like, documentary, oh, Christ, man. We are just future, going down that road. That could be a new type. Of, that should be a new movie style, like a future documentary. Yeah, like, right. A future doc. Uh, yeah, no, anybody hasn't checked it out, it's hilarious. Really good. Uh, Luke Wilson, yeah. Dax Shepard's in it. Uh, yeah, really good movie. Really funny. Definitely. Terry Crews is yeah. in it. He plays the president of the future <laughs> United States. But yeah, no, definitely a, a definite watch. And. You want to laugh, but at the same time, when you think about it too hard, you kind of quit laughing, and you just kind of get a shiver of like, fuck, we're there. <laughs> we're literally like two years away from the film ass premiering in our theater. And just, you'll get that joke when you watch the movie, yeah. man. You need to check it out. But yeah, no, it's it's terrifying at this point watching it. It's like, oh, no. No. So is that all you got, Marty? Uh, yeah, I think uh, for, for this show, I think that's probably where... I, I'm spent. Well, when we come back, we'll have part three, and we'll see who actually rules his mother. Everybody remember, fuck normal. Bye. (laughs) 